and yet not at himself, in hitting himself, and yet not himself, and thus becoming simultaneously the aimer and the aim, the hitter and the hit. Or, to use some expressions which are nearest the hearts of the masters, it is necessary for the archer to become an unmoved center in spite of himself. Then comes the supreme and ultimate miracle. Art becomes artless, and shooting becomes not shooting, a shooting without bow and arrow. The teacher becomes a pupil again, the master a beginner, the end a beginning, and the beginning perfection. To Orientals, these mysterious formulae are clear and familiar truths, while for us they are completely bewildering. For some time, it has been no secret that the Japanese arts go back for their inner form to a common root, namely Buddhism. This is as true of the art of archery as of ink painting, of the art of the theater no less than the tea ceremony, of the art of flower arrangement, and that of swordsmanship. All of them presuppose a spiritual attitude, and each cultivates in its own way an attitude which is characteristic of Buddhism and determines the nature of the priestly type of person. Despite all the efforts of Zen experts, however, the insight afforded us into the essence of Zen has remained exceedingly scanty. In these circumstances, I would be shirking my responsibilities if I confined myself to a string of paradoxes and took refuge behind a barrage of high-sounding words. For it is my intention to throw light on the nature of Zen as it affects one of the arts on which it has set its stamp. This light is certainly not illumination in the sense fundamental to Zen, but at least it shows that there must be something behind the impenetrable walls of mist, something which, like summer lightning, heralds the distant storm. Understood this way, the art of archery is rather like a preparatory school for Zen, for it enables the beginner to gain a clearer view of events which are not in themselves intelligible, and one gains this view through the work of one's own hands. I believe I can achieve my aim most effectively by describing the course which a pupil of the art of archery has to complete. To be more precise, I shall try to summarize the six-year course of instruction I received in Japan from one of the greatest masters of this art. So it is my own experiences which authorize me in this undertaking. In order to make myself intelligible at all, I have no alternative but to recollect in detail all the resistances I had to overcome and all the inhibitions I had to fight before I succeeded in penetrating the spirit of the great doctrine. I speak about myself only because I see no other way of reaching the goal I have set before me. For the same reason, I shall confine my account to essentials so as to make them stand out more clearly. I shall consciously refrain from describing the setting in which the instruction took place, also from conjuring up scenes that have fixed themselves in my memory. Above all, I shall refrain from sketching a portrait of the master, however tempting all this may be. Everything must hinge on the art of archery, which I sometimes feel is more difficult to expound than to learn. And the exposition must be carried to the point where we begin to discern those far-off horizons beyond which Zen lives and breathes. Why I took up Zen and set out to learn the art of archery needs some explanation. 
Even as a student, I had been preoccupied with mysticism despite the mood of the times, which had little use for such interests. But despite all my exertions, I became increasingly aware that I could only approach these esoteric writings from the outside, and though I knew how to circle around what one might call the primordial mystic phenomenon, I was unable to leap over the barrier which surrounded the mystery like a high wall. Nor could I find exactly what I sought in the extensive literature on mysticism. So disappointed and discouraged, I gradually came to realize that only the truly detached person can understand what is meant by detachment, that only the contemplative person, who is completely empty and rid of the self, is ready to become one with the transcendent deity. I realized that there is and can be no other way to mysticism than the way of personal experience and suffering. And if this